Want to unlock your product career? Pragmatic Institute's Foundations course teaches product marketing and product management fundamentals and is the first step to becoming truly market-driven. And for a limited time only, we are offering 15% off of Foundations. You'll save $194 when you use code CYBER15, C-Y-B-E-R-1-5, CYBER15, during our Cyber Week sale. Don't miss out on this chance to break into your product career. Register for Foundations between November 20th and November 30th at pragmaticinstitute.com slash foundations. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris for Pragmatic Institute and your host for this episode. Okay, so we all work to companies or probably have all heard people say, oh, you know, I don't have any competitors. I'm super different. And every time someone gives that answer, it drives me nuts because while we like to think it's true, it's not true. And while we should not spend our lives or our careers trying to be like also thens, right? Like, oh, this is, you know, they did this, we should also do this. It's really, really important and really powerful when you really understand sort of what your competitors are up to. And that is what we're going to talk about today, right? How do you get a deep understanding of your competitors' marketing strategies? How do you understand where they're headed so that you can kind of use that information to outmaneuver them? And to help us do that, we have a brand new guest to the show, Lindsay Satula is the founder and CEO of Top Fox Marketing, where she's dedicated to helping businesses achieve growth goals, right? Through innovative marketing strategies and tactics, some of my very favorite things, as you all know. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right, Lindsay, I like to start by asking sort of all of my guests their origin story, right? If you were a superhero and like marketing was your superpower, how did you get here? How did you kind of begin your career and and why are you so passionate about this area? Yeah, so I actually began my career in PR in entertainment in New York City and then moved to Colorado to get my MBA because I wanted to understand a little bit more strategically about Mm. how PR and marketing fit into how companies end up growing. And so got my MBA in entrepreneurship and marketing from the University of Colorado at Boulder a number of years ago. And then was able to work within some pretty high-level tech companies in the Boulder area and on the front range, including Zeno and a couple of others, and sort of during their big growth period at the time. So it was really interesting to sort of see how lead gen and channel marketing and partner marketing all fit together in order to be able to grow companies. And so about eight years ago, I decided that I'd like to go out on my own and be a little bit more creative with how I was able to help companies. So I started Top Fox Marketing eight years ago, doing a lot of marketing strategy and execution work, partnered with some really phenomenal BDRs and sales teams so that, you know, as we brought leads into different companies, they were well taken care of mm-hmm. after they were in the sales funnel. We've grown a phenomenal team that's centered here in the front range, but we've got employees kind of all over the United States. And now we focus in helping B2B service-based companies and others in the software and tech spaces grow their influence, their brand awareness, and their lead gen capabilities. 
Excellent. And I know one of the things that you're passionate about is sort of competitive intelligence, right? Understanding the competitive landscape as a way of making sure that you have the best marketing strategies for your clients. So let's talk a little bit about about some of those. So talk a little bit about why it is so important, you think, as people make their strategies and then how people can kind of unearth some of this intelligence. Well, Rebecca, I think you kind of hit it on the head in your intro where for a long time, we heard from our clients, well, I really don't have any competitors. Mm. I'm the only person really doing what I'm doing. But the truth of the matter is somebody is filling their need one way or another, whether or not it's with another company that does, I'm doing air quotes, exactly the same thing as you, or whether or not it's not doing anything is still a competitor to what you're doing. And so it's always just, you don't, when you don't know what you don't know, it's difficult to understand what the value proposition is that's going to really resonate with your target audience. Mm -hmm. And so keeping an eye on the market itself and the competitors that you have within the market just helps inform how you are talking to your clients about how you can solve their pain points. Oh, that's a really good point too. Like it is, it it does. It's one of my pet peeves when someone's like, we don't have any competitors. But I think to your point, it's often that they don't necessarily look like they think they were, right? This is where, and this is the, those are sometimes the most dangerous competitors, right? Those disruptors, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the taxi companies didn't see Uber coming and Yahoo didn't see Google coming, right? Like when they look different, how do you help your customers when they start on that or their clients and they start on that position of like, we don't have any to think differently about what their competition might actually include? That's a great question. I think the main thing is everything boils down to a pain point and how you're solving mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we come in to understand their, our clients, customers' pain points. Yes. And yes. they're doing something to solve it even if what they're doing to solve it is losing sleep at night. Yep. So nothing. So if you really boil everything down to what the customer's pain point is and what they're doing to solve it, then our clients and and your solution is just one of those things. And so if you look at it in that respect, it helps remove the competitive lens and starts Mm. thinking about the problems and the solutions lens. I think that that is spot on. First of all, we're very passionate believers that everything starts with understanding the customer problem, but that's how you really figure out who your competitors are and start to think differently about it because it's who's not solving it the way you do. How else, right? If your problem is getting schedules ready for nurses, right? There's like three shifts and a bazillion different people and all these different things and all these different capacity constraints, right? Your software does that. But if they're not using your software, what else are they doing, right? Oh my gosh, can you imagine like the whiteboard, whatever it is, right? Really thinking differently about how someone solves it helps you understand the different competitors. Once I know, okay, I get it. Now I've got these competitors in my list. How do you help like uncover and really understand what your competitive business landscape looks like and, and what the competitors are sort of up to? Sure. So once you understand that your competitor isn't a whiteboard and it's another (laughs) software that does something like what you're doing, then there's a number of different tools that you can use to understand how your competitors are talking about themselves. Mm. And 
you know, a couple of ways. One is through a keyword planner. So Google ads has a, Google has a keyword planner that you can use to look at the estimated keyword search volume and gauge your keyword competition level. So what your competitors are really trying to rank for from an SEO Mm. perspective. And that would give you some insights into how many searches are down on certain keywords, what kinds of keywords you should be able to rank for, what the competition looks like. And that should really inform some SEO strategy around, you know, at least what kinds of things you should be seeding on your website. I suspect too, it would both show you like where they are today, right? Here's the things they're they're attempting to rank from where they are, but potentially give you signals about what they're trying to move into. And particularly, I also, I think would be useful for when you're thinking of competitors that don't look like you, mm. seeing who else is playing in those SEO spaces may help unlock that as well. A hundred percent. The other thing you can do is see trends over time. So usually mm-hmm. keyword planners will give you three month or one year, year over year trends. So you can kind of see, certainly AI is a great example of this. A year ago, the conversation around AI was a lot different than the conversation is around AI today. So you can sort of see trends that are gaining, keywords that are gaining traction. And if they still have some low competition, there's some opportunity to grab those keywords before your competitors do, or even a non-competitive service that, you know, has nothing to do with you, but is still going after the same keywords for whatever reason. Yes. Yes. So that happens a lot in services companies, right? Where your service yeah. is going after keywords that a software is in fact is also going out. Yes. Yes. The, there was a deep sigh of pain there. That's a very recognized <laughs> problem. <laughs> okay. Had a conversation about it yesterday. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. What other techniques do you use and recommend for your clients? Sure. So that was the search side. On the paid side, some people aren't aware that there are actually, due to transparency laws, Google Ads has launched a Google Ads transparency center. So you can actually go down a big old rabbit hole instead of trying to trigger your competitors' ads through Google. You can actually go to the Google Ads Transparency Center and find all of the ads that your competitors are running. So you can review your competitors' ads for keyword usage, promotional insights, ad copy, inspiration, differentiation, and even how they're talking about themselves on their landing pages. So it's one real quick way if your competitors are spending money on Google advertising that you can snoop around with what they're doing. Oh, that's great. I did not know that. Does it also show you like where they're running the ads or is it just the ads? Like, So that's just um, Google. And so you'll be able to see whether they're doing display ads or search ads. If you also want to... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was thinking like regions. Like if they were targeting certain oh, regions yes. or places like that, would that be in there? Exactly. Yeah. So you can also tell what regions they're serving in and you can tell some demographic information. So you can tell some information about gender, age range, and location too. Which is also, I mean, again, really, when you're thinking about where they're targeting and are they, they have expansion plans and which territories may they be focusing on, right? There is a lot of information in there that can help you understand where they're putting, you know, inevitably that sort of paid Google is a big portion of people's marketing budgets today. So you can really see where they're focusing their dollars, which products they're spending more on and things like that is a really powerful way of looking at their strategy. 
Exactly. And the Facebook meta Instagram universe has a similar tool. So you also there's also a meta ad library where you can take a look at ad types, keywords, what advertisers people are advertising with, and you can still see all the creative. So Meta actually led the charge on this where they've had the Meta ad library for quite a while and Google followed along earlier this year. So I know we have a lot of B2B listeners and a lot of places yes. that think about LinkedIn. Is there any yes. any spying? That's spying. That sounds terrible. Any Anywhere we can see spying. some transparency in LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, LinkedIn also has an ad library. So you can oh, see nice. all of the current and past ads that anybody's run on LinkedIn. All right. So search and paid. Are there other are there other ways that we? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite ways to do it, frankly, is a fairly passive tactic. And a lot of people know about this, but I don't think a lot of people really think to do it where you can just use Google alerts. So mm. if you sign into yep. your Google account and you go to your Google alerts, you can get emails on it as they come up daily or weekly basis. And I use this for I use it for competitors. I use it for target prospects. So if I'm pitching you, you're probably, you know, I'm probably having Google alert set up mm-hmm. so that anytime you publish a press release or you're mentioned in the news, it's a great opportunity for me to reach out and congratulate you or comment on it. And then we also use it for trending topics that we're watching that are central to our product and service offering too. And I think it's free, it's passive, but I don't think a lot of people utilize mm. the Google alerts as well as they could. I think that's a very good point. I know we can't give any specific company names, right? Of the, the services and income lines you work with. But do you have some stories of, of how the sort of research has helped inform your strategy and some of the, the results you've seen? Yeah, I think one of the big things is trending topics, right? So without using names of companies, We have a lot of clients in the professional products and services sector that we believe are starting to use like the entrepreneurial operating system and traction and starting to use those different kinds of tools in order to help them grow. And so we've seen a lot more conversation around that lately. And what's helpful for us is that we can go in to some of those different kinds of conversations, knowing that there's a trend happening in that direction and use that language to feel like we speak their language a little Mm. bit better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And usually if someone is vetting a couple of different marketing agencies, if we can speak and know the language that they're using to grow their own processes and procedures, we will edge out the competition to a certain extent. There's also been some opportunities too with some of our professional services clients where, you know, positioning around their products and services has, and doing the research around their competitors has allowed us to test different types of ad strategies or landing page headers. It's just given us some ideas for A-B testing to see what has risen to the top in those results. Nice. I love how you talk about the competitive research, both as like things that you think are important for your clients, but ways that you've also used to kind of grow your own business, right? I mean, I think that's a it's a great way of looking at it. Thank you. I think it's kind of interesting because one of the most fun things about us is that we have a lot of the same challenges our clients do. So the yes. things that are working for us, a lot of the times do end up work, working for our clients. So we use ourselves as test subjects fairly often when we have new ideas. 
Nice. All right. So we talked about search. We talked about paid. We talked about some like the Google alerts and passive ways. What are, are there other ways that you have uh, used either for your own top box or for your clients? Yeah, there's one other big thing. So when you're talking search, you're talking paid. The other thing is tech. So the other big area that I would mention is you can get a bird's eye view of your competitors' marketing tech stacks using builtwish.com. It's a website mm. profiler. So you can basically just put someone's URL into builtwish.com and you can see what widgets they're using, what analytics they're using, tracking tools, e-commerce platforms, content management system, email hosting providers, et cetera. So you can get a real, like you can understand what of your competitors are on Squarespace versus WordPress or using Magento or HubSpot or those different kinds of things. So it's kind of nice because if you know that you're entering a new market, you can glean a best practices within your industry from using that tool. You can use that tool to get some web tech usage trends. So we can really track on a trending, like how many internet technologies use Shopify or WordPress or WooCommerce. I know you guys are a lot of B2B, so Salesforce, Slack, and you can kind of glean insights from that in that if you're a HubSpot partner, for example, or some kind of tech stack partner, you can see your total addressable audience size and some information about them too. Well, it's interesting too, from a prospecting perspective, if you are a service or agency or, a, you know, if there is a piece of technology that goes very hand in hand with yours, right? Yeah. Then that's a great way then to of sort of vetting the quality of a prospect, right? Absolutely. It's interesting because when you were first talking about you know, auditing their tech stack. I was like, well, that's interesting, but what would I do with that? But I could also see like, that would be a way of figuring out what functionality they have available to them. And are mm -hmm. they doing, you know, chat or can they do these kind of, you know, regional price sales? If you know what they use, you can see what kind of abilities that technology has and use that to sort of stand in for, for what that would do. Yeah. And you can even see too, like if they're on WordPress, you can see what widgets they have enabled. So if they, for example, don't have SEO enabled, or a lot of people in your market don't have some kind of SEO widget enabled, they're likely not investing in that strategy. Mm -hmm. And so it's mm -hmm. one place that you could double down and really make a difference within your marketing because your competitors just simply aren't doing it. Yeah. So one thing I, I think we can we can both agree on is that if there's anything that moves very fast, it is the world of marketing. And, you know, gone are the days of like, oh, I made an annual marketing strategy that will stick to you, right? We're constantly trying new things. If I always say, if, if we didn't have something fail in the last six months, we're not, we're not doing enough pilots, right? You got to you see what works. With that in mind, though, how do you keep up to date, right? Knowing that their strategies are changing as often as you, how do you maintain it? How often do you look? Well, what's great about what we do is that we're testing and adjusting strategies for our clients all the time. So what we can do is, you know, all of our clients have a little bit different focus, but we can glean insights and learning from one of our clients and apply it to others because, you know, professional services businesses have 20 different levers you can pull and some levers are working at certain points than others. So part of it is just being in the business. We certainly follow a couple of different, you know, HubSpot does a really phenomenal job with staying up to date with their blog and their social media on trending topics in the marketplace. 
We also always operate, you mentioned the gone are the days of the annual marketing plan. We focus on 90-day marketing plans because we believe in 90 days, you can stand up a strategy in a few weeks, and then you can test and adjust something over the next six to eight weeks to see if it you can get some statistically significant sample sizes for whether or not it's working. So if you're working on a 90-day sprint, you're really you know, able to get some traction within 90 days, or you're willing to realize that something isn't working extraordinarily well and you're able to pivot. So we really focus on that 90-day quarterly. And when you're thinking about you moving in 90 days, does that mean that you do you look at the competitor strategies every 90 days as well, or are some of these more frequently or less frequently in order to kind of keep up as they also pivot? So I think that looking at competitor strategies every 90 days is a great recommendation for someone who is into marketing agency. We actually have a Slack channel where we share within the company ourselves, like saw this happening. And then we even have Google Drive folders for like great marketing ideas and example campaigns that we've seen. Again, that's our business though, is to help other people market for themselves. But if you're in-house, if you're an in-house marketing resource with a service-based company or product-based company, then I would say keeping a quick eye on the competition every 90 days is a great idea, certainly because things change that frequently. But then also there's always different seasonal tactics that people use Like it's October right now, if you're listening to this live. So people are in big planning seasons for the following year. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I I think that, you know, we have a Slack channel internally, right? Where we also have Mm -hmm. a competitor Slack channel, but but even with these tools and being able to do it 90 days, it's not the heavy lift that it used to be when everything had to be manual, right? And another really big thing, I'm looking at some of you product managers out there, right? You should check your competitors' websites every 30, 90 days, you should also check your own. Like if you are not the team of your company who owns the website, you should check your website as well because they, they, you know, again, your, your team's doing a lot of stuff. And I think it's really important for you to understand what you're putting out there as well as going and seeing the competitors. I think that's a great point. We always, when we do competitor assessments, we always include our client in the competitor assessment and show kind of a side-by-side of how everyone stacks up. Excellent. All right. So Lindsay, I've been thinking about this since we started. Why Top Fox? What was the name? What's the reason for the name? Well, we have always sort of gravitated to the idea of a fox because they're smart, they're sly, they're a little cunning, but in a good way and very resourceful. So we really Mm -hmm. like that. We had, we adopted a little fox within our logo and early, early on when it was Citrula Marketing, because it was just me. Mm-hmm. And then we rebranded as Top Fox a couple of years ago. We had all kinds of Fox names, but that rose to the top. Nice. Because we're the top. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right? I was thinking of Sly. I was like, I wonder if it's like Sly like a Fox. Is We were talking about competitive so, intelligence. So actually, Sly Fox was one of the other names that we seriously considered. But we wanted to not lean into that cunning part as much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Lindsay, we talked about a lot of different things today. If you were going to have our listeners do two things differently tomorrow, based on what we talked about today, what would that be? 
I think one is just to know that competitive intelligence doesn't have to take you a full day yeah. of work. Yes. It, it just, you know, a quick pass through, put it on your calendar on an every nine day basis to take an hour and just look at your competitors' websites is going to get you a lot of it data. And, and then you'll know whether or not you need to dig deeper, but it definitely doesn't have to be a full day thing. And the other thing that I would do is... Rebecca, you stole my thunder. Look at your own, because mm. I think that so frequently we have our eyes up and our ears out. And infrequently mm. do we look at ourselves and say, you know, what's the low hanging fruit here? If I could make one incremental adjustment today that's going to pay dividends down the road, what would I do? So. Yeah. No, and actually, I really liked your idea, too, of using some of these automated tools that we talked about to mm -hmm. signal, to help you figure out which competitor needs the deeper attention, right? Where might you spend some more time? It's a great way of going, okay, we're here. This is the one that maybe mm -hmm. I need to do a deep on. An excellent idea there. Excellent. All right, Lindsay, this was delightful. Thank you for coming on. If people wanted to follow you or learn more about your thinking, where would you have them go? You can visit us at topstocksmarketing.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>